Hey there, and welcome to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the strip clubs and all of the amazing things that strippers do. And of course, we'll talk about all of the things in between. I'm your queen, A.M. Davies, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. So before we get to our guest, I'd like to talk about my thoughts for the week. I've been thinking a lot about baby strippers and millennials and the younger generation and about how important their role is in society today. I think one of the things that bothers me the most about how people now talk about the younger generation is they they put them down a lot and they, they basically say things like, oh, millennials think this or, oh, millennials feel privileged. Quite honestly, I think millennials are actually really, really amazing and they bring up a lot of great points and I think they're a lot more educated than we are um, when we were their age and I think that has a lot to do with social media and the internet and them just having more access to more information. And the reason why these people are so important is because they're breathing new life into society and especially baby strippers they have the power to breathe new life into the strip club industry, which is a complete fucking mess right now if you know anything about what's going on in the strip club industry. And I think that by working with baby strippers and educating them and, you know, moving forward with the types of movements that sex workers are doing now that, you know, we can make a real change in what's going on right now. So, you know, I would like to encourage all of you to really take a moment before you talk negative about the next generation because I do hear that a lot a lot of shit talking about millennials and baby strippers and I think that this is a time to actually unify with them and to create something new and interesting and and healthier and we're just like shit talking each other especially the younger generation we're not doing anything good for ourselves either so I would like to encourage you to embrace the next generation and to work with them and stop talking shit about them. Okay. All right. So thanks for listening to my thoughts. I I don't know what I would do if I didn't have an audience to rant all of my beliefs and um, mental musings to. So thank you for that. So I don't want to waste any time. I want to get right into who our amazing guest is because guess what? She's kind of a baby stripper, but she's a very mature baby stripper. And today we are here with Christiana, a.k.a. Selena. Hey. Hi. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. No problem. Happy to be here. Yeah. You know, I took a video of you walking up to the door oh, really? today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was pointing and shooting. You just look so fabulous, like right out of Austin Powers <laughs> with your white, like, patent leather boots. That's Thank amazing. You. Yeah. Um, I wish I had, like, the capacity to, like, dress up so beautifully. Every time I see you, you're so stylish. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I've been getting into being stylish. I feel like people in L.A. kind of show up really hard, and I'm like, let me just try. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, I went out Saturday night by accident. I didn't realize what night it was until I was out, and <sighs> everyone was so <laughs> fabulous and, like, hot, and mm-hmm. I was like, Wait, oh, it's Saturday. That's yeah. why. And like, you're right. Everybody like was turned up looking so good. Yeah, I think I just, 
I appreciate it because I come from Oklahoma where it's very schlubby, like, all the time. Wow. Like, it's standard to go to a club in, like, sweatpants and a sweatshirt totally. and Ugg boots type vibe and yeah. a hair in a ponytail or, like, top knot bun like and that's that's totally cool you have a full face of makeup on and that's your look yeah yeah (laughs) but here I like everybody really you know showing up yeah you grew up in Oklahoma yeah I was born there really in Stillwater oh my gosh I mean I only lived there for six months so I don't really remember any of it Mm -hmm. yeah but that's cool yeah Stillwater is nowhere I, <laughs> it's such I mean well I guess it's where OSU is so that like that's oh, the definitely. second biggest university in Oklahoma and I know that because my dad had an OSU hat forever he, <laughs> he didn't go there he's just like sports and stuff um, but I think he went to naval boot camp there and that's why we were there really I think that's where they had boot camp huh. there's it had something to do with the Navy there would be no other reason that we would be in Stillwater yeah yeah definitely it's it's truly nowhere. <laughs> yeah. And there's a place in Oklahoma where you get these drinks called lunch boxes. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. And they have dollar bills stapled all over the walls and the ceiling. Hmm. Um, and it's in Oklahoma City. I forget what it's called every time. I always forget. I have no idea where this place is, but yeah, I have someone to go needs now. to comment. Yeah. yeah and so lunch boxes are like like less than half a glass full of light beer. With okay. a splash of orange juice, and then you get a shot of amaretto that you drop in. Okay. And it tastes like fruit snacks, kind of, okay. slash, <laughs> like, maybe a cracker in there. Because the beer is, yeah. like, it's really It's got good. that hoppy mm-hmm. thing, plus the fruity. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. It is. It is. I've never heard of this. I like that I'm learning about where yeah. I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know more about Oklahoma than you. Yep. Uh, um, that's the no, case. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> So, you know, I just want to be, like, really honest with our audience. Um, Selena and I, I prefer to call you Selena. I've just kind yeah, of got used that's fine. to that. Um, we both work on Soldiers of Pole together. Yes. Yeah. That's how we know each other. Yeah. And you are now officially on the board. I'm on the board. Of Soldiers of Pole. I'm the merch maven. Oh, my gosh. You make the most amazing merch. You have such <laughs> great ideas. Thank you. Yeah, but I think that comes with, like, you know, you are of a younger generation and you just have like your finger on the pulse when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, I mean, I, I'm from an art background and all. So I went to art school and so all my friends are like artists doing things. So I'm just like, hey, like, what are you doing? I give them a call and like, yeah, can you do this graphic design thing for me? Awesome. Can you like print this shirt for me? Can you do photo editing? And yeah. people are like, yeah, yeah, of course. I love to. Yeah. I love being friends with artists. Yeah. Yeah. They're amazing. They're fantastic. So tell us, tell the audience how long you've been stripping now. I've been stripping. So it's been about three consecutive years, but then mm-hmm. I had um, a time prior that I was dancing as well. Um, and that was before I left for Brazil and then before I moved to California. So okay. after college, I would like strip for a couple months and yeah. And then I used the money and traveled. Okay. So yeah. you used the money to go to Brazil? Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I need to n- have enough money to like be out there for 12 months and, you know, provide for myself. And I was like, okay, so if I make X amount of money, it'll be worth three times what the value is in the United States. So I need to make this amount of money to survive wow. comfortably. Yeah. Wow. So you basically created a business plan for yourself. I did. <laughs> to go, and you were right out of college. Yeah. So you're still young. Yeah. Like 21. 
Oh, no, I was, um, I was like 22, 23. Okay, yeah. still pretty young. Still pretty young, yeah. yeah. I was still a little thing. <laughs> yeah, and so why Brazil? Was it just, just for funsies or was there... Um, it was a little arbitrary. I definitely wanted to learn Portuguese. Okay. And Brazil was the place. I also just had like a romantic love of Brazil. Gotcha. And I just thought, let me just do it. I wanted to maroon myself. I had this thing. I was like, oh, your neuroplasticity diminishes significantly by the time you do turn 24. So I was like, I need to leave the country so that I could pick up a language with a greater ease uh, before I turn 24. Dude, you're like blowing my mind right now. <laughs> okay, so you, first of all, you research science and biology, <laughs> right? And then you, you figured out how much you needed. You created a business plan and you executed your plan and you took yourself to Brazil yeah. for a year. Yeah. Like, that's sick. <laughs> and Yeah. Wow. So I think, you know, the re one of the reasons I'm mind blown in that, like, I think it's important for the audience to hear this is because so often people think that strippers are just dumb or we're just like dancing to make money so we can um, pay for our drug habit, our children or mm. school. And or like a luxury that, lifestyle. Or luxury. Yeah, yeah. And like that's it, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know who um, Valerie Stunning is, right? Mm -mm. Valerie Stunning is very like best friends with Jack Stripper. Uh -huh. I should definitely introduce you to her via Instagram. Yeah, like, yeah. Totally. Follow her because she talks a lot about like the business aspect of stripping and how to save your money and and how to hustle and like the mental roadblocks yeah. that we deal with. And she really encourages people to, you know, love stripping, but also utilize stripping for what it really is for, which is to make a shit ton of money and do the right things with it. Totally. I yeah. mean, I'm like an obsessed saver mm. um just because i grew up in like really extreme well not extreme poverty but i was super poor and so i'm yeah. just like i'm gonna save so much so that i can like have the mobility to do what i want and i also yeah. know like as much as i i love stripping it, it does have like you know like a finite kind of end to it at a point as much as you can strip for like decades and like you know yeah be, fucking hot and make a lot of money and get better and better like over a period of time but like there are things like injuries that yeah. are real mm -hmm. and also just you know like maybe you just feel you want to do something different sometime yeah it's like we're changing growing people and what we want changes as much as any other person in any career so right. you know what you're point of focus is, is always going to be changing so I think for me it's important to to save and um just like you know keep that in mind like keep it in mind that I'm going to change and want something different yeah totally when I was younger and I was like 23 stripping like you um I I, w I wasn't as smart with my money and I look back on that time and think like dang you know <laughs> If I had had the the intelligence that I have now or the experience, how different my life would be. And then, of course, you can't do that, right? You can't yeah, of live course in not. that make-believe <laughs> past that you're making up. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, and that's why I'm so, like, fascinated by the younger dancers now who know more of how to do that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's uneven. Um, I mean, everybody, we have all of the things that we have to fight against, you know, like – I love luxury stuff as much as anybody else. Sure. Like I want to be traveling all the time and taking breaks. And yeah, um, I've been spending so much money this month, like just shopping because it's like 
sales season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I have like a little Classic. guilt inside about that. I'm like, oh, but I don't, you know, like I, I still can save and that's important to me and I get a really good feeling out of it. But, you know, like I still think a lot of younger generation people don't save, unfortunately. Right. I mean, right. I think also people don't, it's not just that they don't realize that it could like that they're not always going to have that money with that same frequency, but it's also just like there's a lot of extenuating circumstances like people have maybe uh, unstable living conditions or maybe they're taking care of their families or things like that, you know, so they're not always able to or they don't have the mindset to save. Right. That was me missing the mindset. And then I did save and then I invested in the wrong thing and lost it. And my mentality was, I'll just make that 20 grand back in like two or three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) No big deal. (laughs) I wish I was balling that hard. Yo, back in the day, though, it was different. It was different money then. It was very different money. So when I first started tripping in 2002, Mm -hmm. um, I was like, fuck, man, I make a grand easy, like, this is what's up. Yeah. And and then the older strippers were, like, patting me on the head, like, oh, you poor thing. We used to make two or three grand a night easy. This mm-hmm. is not, this is, like, stupid money. Like, they were irritated by only making a grand. <laughs> and I remember being like, oh, man, you know, I got started too late. And mm-hmm. now making a grand like all, like every night I had to make a grand. If I didn't make a grand, I was pissed. Mm-hmm. And now making a grand every night, I mean, really depending on where you are, is pretty tough. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I still, I get kind of upset if I don't make a grand in a night too. Still. But it's just like, I mean, that's not typical. Like what I make is not typical nowadays. So you are you think you're above the average, above average? I think so, yeah, okay. unfortunately. I yeah. mean, especially considering like what we do and the risks that we have and yeah. just, you know, how the money ends up spent on things that you don't expect, like yeah. health things, like mental health or physical oh health, God, mental health yes. PT from time to time, like right. yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. I need a massage right now. Actually. I do too. I really yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> like for real. I was yeah. using the tennis ball a lot this morning. I keep putting it off because, yeah, you know, know, it's easy to deprioritize my own physical health right like that way right with a massage that feels like less important than going to yoga or something yeah but it's like they go hand in hand totally um so i want to talk a little bit about the climate in los angeles because you work in an area that i don't get to talk to a lot of people in the area of la that you're working in Uh um because i'm I'm Hollywood. I'm a hood rat. So I spend <laughs> most of my time over here. Uh-huh. Um, but d- do you feel comfortable talking about like what is going on and some of the issues that you're seeing currently? Yeah, of course. You're at? Yeah. yeah. Um, so my club is unique. We're close to the airport. And so um, we have like a special kind of niche there as like a place that's like close enough to airport hotels and stuff like that that people who are in transit um can stop by for however long like people wait out flights or they come from a flight directly to the club because they want to like blow Mm. off steam or whatever we have like a consistent stream of like traveling clients which is really positive because people who can travel have money to travel they're often put up in hotels and they have nowhere to go in that area because that airport is 
area is desolate. It's mm-hmm. just like That's nothing true. but warehouses. So they're kind of like we are the only entertainment option for them out there. So we have really a cornered market. And we also have been there for decades. It's like one of those spots. But I mean, it's like L.A., like all of the strip clubs have been used in a million and one movies mm-hmm. and ha- and music videos. So yeah. we have like this kind of iconic like thing about being here. But um, to speak to the politics of it, my club is interesting because um, we've managed to dodge a lot of the regulations mm. um, around AB5. So the bill that changed us from um, independent contractors to employees. And um, so we are still currently classified as independent contractors, although I have heard with new girls that they have the option to opt into being employee or independent contractor. Hmm. And they haven't approached any of you that are already working there to also opt. And to be clear, the AB5 bill, it, it uh, for anyone who doesn't know what that is, it makes it so that on a federal level that strippers are now considered to be employees when in actuality, and I think there's some confusion around that language as well, even strippers are saying, oh, the law has changed. The law never changed. It was just reworded. It was rewritten. And we've always should have been classified as employees. But because that 20 questionnaire thing, have you ever read that? No, I haven't. It's like 20 questions to figure out whether if your workers should be classified as independent contractors or employees. And it was very vague. And it created a lot of gray area, Uh which is why I think these establishments were able to get away with that for so long. Because it was always like when you took the test, you're like, oh, are they? Aren't they? And they're Mm -hmm. like, well, we'll just do what's easier for us yeah and so I think that's why they went that route but now AB5 makes it so that on a federal level um, we are definitely classified as employees there is no gray it is black and white now on a federal level or on a oh really I will on a state state level level. but I think it's and maybe I'm quoting wrong but I think that it's recognized by the federal government or something like that okay am I being wrong Um, I'm not 100% but it sounds like state government thing I think it's state by state okay Mm -hmm. all right well you're probably right because you, I don't I'm just you seem <laughs> like you read more books than me so <laughs> I think you might be right that we'll fix fun. that later if I'm to, if I'm wrong um, but yeah. I know it's it's definitely solidified yeah things and a I mean a big part us. of it was just that um, the question boiled down to like is your job integral to the identity of the business exactly so what's a strip club without strippers what's right. uber without drivers what's you know, writer, what's a news agency without writers? Right, right. So all of those levels. And we are, you know, literally there's no club without us. Exactly. So that's how we are pushed to, we are employees. Yeah. So do you know of any of the dancers opting for employee status? No, not one. And And I'm pretty sure that with any kind of hiring, there's a lot of pressure to sign documents in a certain way. And I think a lot of dancers coming in are not reading through it to, you know, to navigate their own contract. Um, mm-hmm. I know whenever I sign mine, I mean, it's like a document that's like 10 to 20 pages of stuff, really? of, of legal language. So, um, I mean, there's like stuff that you can glance through, like, oh, like your image like will or will not be used in publications or what it you want to do. Um, like you must wear this kind of thing and mm. you must be there for these hours and there's this punishment for not using for not being on stage when you're called and blah da da all of those like things punishment yeah so that can be like you 
might have to pay a certain amount in your tip out or whatever in house fees if you're not on stage and you're called twice for your set or whatever that kind of thing or like if you refuse to do like a showcase special or something oh you get penalized for not doing a showcase special yeah there there can be and it's i mean it's like also so if in the event that your contract is terminated um i have talked to one girl in particular who um so i so she was like why did i get fired and the management told her that it was because she wasn't tipping out properly. But then whenever I talked to management about the issue and I was like, why was she fired? I was, I was wondering, (laughs) they, they were like, Oh, it's because she's crazy. You have no idea how crazy she is. She also was breaking all kinds of rules, like not going on for showcase and things like that. So Mm. they use that kind of minor infraction as a way of skirting around saying what they're actually firing you for sure so are your showcase specials is like what i used to do at spearmint rhino which is where you all go up on stage and walk around the stage like essentially we we used to call it a cattle call yeah you do like a little lady parade i call it the sushi conveyor belt (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one girl i used to avoid those so hard i just hated them i like to hang out in the bathroom if i can yeah yeah it's just i mean it's like i get it i get that it's a useful promotion device to kind of be like okay so now buy something and sometimes i use it to my advantage like if if a customer is talking my ear off and i need to get away then they're like oh it's showcase i'm like oh well i guess i gotta go and now i come back and i like i guess it's time for me to ask you for this dance they're making me do it but it's still like you know it's it's annoying yeah, but you you do bring up a really good point. Like it is useful in some ways, but it's just so gross in another way, <laughs> you know. And I know I used to do it too. You mm-hmm. know, I did it plenty, like hundreds of times. Yeah. But I hated it. I hated it. Mm-hmm. Um. So you, how do you feel? Like, what do you think about baby strippers and coming in and not really? Because are you? The way I see it, the climate right now in L.A. is really messed up. Um, and there's a lot that that could be different. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really difficult climate right now yeah. because of the um, just the way that clubs are interacting with AB5. Mm-hmm. And it's not because they have to, because there's no reason that they have to enforce it this way. They're doing it in a way that becomes extra cumbersome and punitive toward dancers Mm -hmm. um, because they want us to personally petition to have it repealed. So they make it as uncomfortable for us as possible so that we don't realize how it could be a benefit to us to be employees, that we have power to greater rights. You know, like we have we could have health care and we could unionize and we could have like collective rights you know Mm -hmm. like we can work as a group and we don't we can't be fired for um taking collective action together Mm -hmm. in a way that previously as independent contractors there was no protection right and there was no no reason for them to pay us hourly even if you know a lot of girls work a whole shift and maybe they don't make a dime because the club is just, you know, maybe clubs are failing. Some clubs are failing. Right. Or maybe it's just the wrong day. Or maybe it's just, you know, a club is not promoting itself properly. Right. 
any number of reasons. Right. So now at least girls can come in and be guaranteed that they're getting a wage. Mm -hmm. So like there's all of these possibilities, but the way that clubs are enforcing it, they're making us feel as though this is a negative thing and hoping that we will use our power or what we were granted and not realize it and, you know, petition to have fewer rights and to have access to fewer things. Yeah. Do you see younger shippers coming in um, and just not knowing anything about the history or where we are now? Like what what's because I'm not stripping anymore, so I don't get to see the newer generation. What it depends. Can you say about that? It depends. I mean, there are definitely a handful at all clubs of, of girls who know what's going on. Like we, I think we're doing a pretty fun job of um creating interesting media like we have great meme groups and Mm. we have the dancer locker room and we have dancers resource and we have people like jack the stripper out there like making fun content and all kinds of like cool ways that we are framing the narrative and Mm. talking about what's going on in a way that has never previously been accessible to dancers right so some people are you know are experiencing that they're picking up that media and they're coming in with that kind of under their belt, like as tools that they have. Um, But a lot of girls are not. It's still, you know, as much as as ever before, it's been a thing where, you know, we have like tiers of dancers being aware of things. Like there's people who didn't really have much of a choice in the situation who are coming because they have, you know, desperate situations or they just, you know, they don't know where else they can work. Yeah. So there's that level. Then... There's people who do know what they're getting into and are willing to do it and they're fine with that, but they're not trying to make moves. There is like the kind of educated class of strippers who, you know, they know what's up. They're right. they're pursuing other things at the same time um, and they are down for whatever causes. And yeah. there's just like older strippers who have different experiences and they've seen the decline of clubs and they have their own weight in with it and maybe you know like I think there's also like a lot of pressure to stay where you are if you're an older stripper because you know it's a hard climate right now this is who's gonna hire me yeah who's gonna hire years old who's gonna hire you at 40 years old or who's gonna hire me with all my tattoos or who's gonna hire me with what this and that you know my short hair right so it's there's always going to be such a diversity of people in the club. Sure. Well, it sounds like what you're saying is that strippers are people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're not a monolith. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, I know it's surprising. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, have you seen the Hustlers movie yet? Yeah. You did. Mm-hmm. I've been avoiding it. Yeah, really? <laughs> I need to see it. Well, because there was this one, I was listening to this one um, review mm-hmm. um, on this um, NPR show, and they were talking about this oh, yeah. Justin Room strip club scene, and they were just talking about how interesting it was, how the dancers at the end of the night were, like, taking off their shoes and talking about how, like, what they were going to do when they got home after work. And I was so irritated by that They're like, dialogue. They, they think that they just roll us into a carpet and stick us in the closet at yeah. the end of the night. I always I always joke with clients that way. They're like, <laughs> oh, where are you going after this? I'm like, oh, back to the closet where they keep me. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I would get, uh, they would say, oh, oh, what do you do during the day? I'm like, oh, I, 
I get my nails done and I go tanning and, <laughs> you know, I like, I get, I like sleep in and, you know, because they, they, it's almost like that's think, all we do. They think that you're just like a princess kind of. Yeah. You know, like all I do is like just prepare and wake get up and prepare all day and, and get beautiful all yeah. day. Yeah. That's all I do. It's really, <laughs> yeah. it's, um, it's so funny. Yeah, well, meanwhile, it's the opposite. We do a million amazing different things. So speaking mm-hmm. of that, um, mm-hmm. I was on your show, yes. Ho in the Know, yes. with my partner, Antonia Crane. Yes. And had such a fun time with you guys. It was you very and your fun. Sister Clover. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your podcasts and some of the topics that you discuss? Yeah. Um, so Ho in the Know is a podcast about sex work by sex workers for sex workers. And we talk to sex workers across all different disciplines. So it could be people who are pro-doms and people making porn, cameras, strippers, cuddlers, uh, massage parlor workers, um, full-service escorts, street-based sex workers, everybody. I really love this list you just rattled off. (laughs) Can you write that list down for me one day? Yeah, of course. Yeah, because I get asked a lot, you know, what it, what, classifies a sex worker mm-hmm. and so I'd like to ask you that question like obviously you have this list and mm-hmm. a lot of people wouldn't consider strippers sex workers not even strippers themselves definitely I think that's a big division line with a lot of strippers mm-hmm. is they don't want to be considered sex workers mm-hmm. because they're not providing full service mm-hmm. but I mean we are definitely sex workers. <laughs> yeah. I looked up the definition of sex worker. I was looking on Wikipedia where uh-huh. everything on there is true. Mm-hmm. And- <laughs> awesome. The, the real beacon of knowledge. <laughs> Facts. Um, and one of the things that it mentioned on there, and I kind of, I want to go back and read it again, and I want to research this a little bit more, but it was mentioning that even the people who work in the facility of where the sex work is provided are also considered sex workers. Very interesting. Mm. But I think I kind of get it because there is this real, especially you see in the, the stripper world, because it's like one of the few forms of legal sex work that mm. the people who work in strip clubs also carry a lot of the stigma like they don't sure. have as much ease and changing jobs, you know, like, oh, they tend to st- stay within strip clubs. Yeah, you're right. There's and there's like a secrecy around what they tell their families and mm-hmm. things like that. Like they have a lot of the kind of secrecy uh, that we have to bear. Of course, they're not doing like the same levels. And like with all sex work, there are degrees, you know, right? like sending, taking erotic nudes and, and making softcore porn is not the same as like being a street based sex worker right? who does full service. Like right. there's, we can't just, you know, it's not the same thing. It's not the same tier, but it is under a similar, it's under the umbrella. <laughs> totally. So are those the types of things that you discuss on your show, like the different tiers and, and types of sex work? And Totally. Um, yeah. So it's that. Um, we talk about life, labor, politics, the really nitty gritty of like what your workplace looks like. What is your office if you're yeah. a sex worker? Because um, that's kind of how I've been calling the strip club lately. The my office. office. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's where we conduct all of our business. Exactly. It's it's my place of business. Yeah. Um, we also take a dip back and talk about history. All of our uh, historical sex workers, our historical hoes, as we call them. Mm-hmm. 
Um, which is also kind of funny because I had a guest recently, um, a male porn star who was like, I don't know if I want to be called a, a, a hoe. Like, I don't know if I'm like a, a hoe. And I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. Like, what about like man horror or things like that? <laughs> it's like, okay, well, it, if you add the man in there, then it works for me. Oh, really? I know. You had to add a little like gendered caveat for him. Oh, because to, just being a regular horror, it was like <laughs> too much for him? It was too gendered a term. He didn't, he felt it was a conflated with the feminine horror and he didn't want to be under that umbrella. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I mean, I also, I contest this for sure. I don't think that we should be dividing each other in that way as well, especially whore to whore, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I consider myself to be a, a historical hoe. I think what's yeah. important about my show is giving historical significance to people who are historically significant. Mm. I think that we don't have a cultivated history in the same way that a lot of other professions do. And I think that Definitely. it's important to talk about it and yeah. to create an archive of our experiences and talk about our work and kind of like, you know, we have we can have like a kind of database understanding of this is this is sex work. Yeah. The big umbrella that we all. Yeah. Hang out under. Yeah. That's so interesting. So who's your favorite historical hoe? Oh, that's hard. Really? <laughs> um. Uh, I guess I'm, I guess I'm gonna go for an easy one because it's off the top of my head. But um, Clover recently did a historical ho segment on Air Force Amy. Are okay. you familiar with her? No, I'm not. So um, she's like a full service sex worker, and she lives out in um, Vegas. And she actually she kind of like runs is like more of a madam slash house mom Amazing. of this brothel out there, and. She's just like super cool. Like she started off, did like military service for a while and then came back and wasn't sure what she wanted to do and decided to get into sex work. And now mm -hmm. she like mentors younger, younger um, full service sex workers and stuff like that. And she's just like really cool. I wish I, you yeah. should check out the episode on that. <laughs> yeah, I would love to. Yeah. yeah. So how can people find out more about your podcast? Um, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher at um, Ho in the Know. So H-E-A-U-X in the K-N-E-A-U-X. Cool. And we'll have that information definitely totally. like, listed for you properly with yeah. a link to it for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I, I love that because you're right. Our history is sort of it's non-existent and very little has been documented because people are like afraid to talk about us. I, I don't know. Like, you know, and I think especially with contemporary sex workers too, because older ones, you can kind of get like the history rundown of them. Mm -hmm. um, but of course, like a lot of the knowledge that we have about sex workers from the past is like carceral knowledge. Mm -hmm. So write-ups from their prison record or things like that like when they've been detained when they've been tried for whatnot like it's, yeah it's interesting how they kind of go hand in hand yeah but um horse of yore if you're not familiar um is a great like resource for um learning about all kinds of uh sex workers across history they have a fantastic timeline that i very oh, I need to read that very thoroughly read through all the time. I'm like, oh, I need a historical hoe. Like, let me just read through this timeline and yeah. pick somebody out from it. So I need to read that. It's so fun. Yeah. So with, the, you know, it, it, it has bothered me recently that even strippers themselves are like, I'm not a sex worker. Mm -hmm. um, and 
with the pole dance industry right now, there is a divide between pole dancers and strippers, even though strippers are the inventors of what pole dancers are doing. And um, you also pole dance as a stripper. So not all strippers pole dance and not all pole dancers strip. Yeah. That's how I explain it to in yeah. layman's terms it's, to a civilian. It's a Venn diagram. Yeah, totally. Um, what are, what's your, I just really briefly want your thoughts on like the, the, the current divide between pole dancers and strippers and what you think about that. Um, I mean, for me, it's just, it's hard. I feel like it's appropriation because um, I feel like there's just, um, well, I guess there's opportunity for allies and all of that, but I think a lot of right now not enough is happening because people just don't want to n- understand the amount of discrimination and and other kind of like marginalization that we face as stripper mm. pole dancers. Yeah. And also like you know, strippers made pole dancing, to be real. Like, if you're using the metal pole, the spinny metal pole, and you're wearing the platform pleasers and whatnot, and if you're doing those things, like, you are taking from our lineage. Yeah. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that and also to do more as an ally because we need a lot. Yeah. (laughs) We need advocates in all levels of um, government and also legally, and we need writers, we need artists to work to help bring us up so Mm -hmm. that we can bring up the broader sex work community as well it's like we have the greatest opportunity to have real kind of we have mobility in a way that other sex work industries don't because we're legal Mm. you know like we can we can have access to you know better workplaces and we can have our um, sexual assault allegations properly, you know, um, handled properly, potentially. Potentially, not in all cases. Not right now. Not right now, for sure. But it's like, we need a lot of stuff. We need that. We need help for people to take us seriously, Mm -hmm. you know, to take all of our labor concerns seriously and our health concerns and our sexual assault concerns seriously. Right. And I think that part of that is like being a good ally if you're in the poll community because you are like so directly connected to us of any group. The pole dancers. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Want to be fabulous just like these strippers? Pay attention. It's stripper tips. Okay, so my first stripper tip is for strippers particularly, and that is to really um, economize your time. I think that it's important whenever you're making a sale to a client to keep it under five minutes. If you're talking to them, have five basic questions, and I can tell you my basic questions. What's your name? Where are you from? How's your day been? (laughs) Sometimes I don't even get past those three questions because like where you're from, like that brings up a whole like, oh, you're from Idaho. What do you do out in Idaho? Blah, blah, blah. Mm. You know, like that kind of thing. How was your day? So you kind of get a vibe of like how they're feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, Name, you can also like kind of vibe off of that. But it's just like, um, what are my other ones? Other questions? Oh, uh, what do you do? So so you know what their income level is. Yeah, yeah. And also, if you're asking what do they do, like, there's a big difference between, like, oh, I'm an electrical engineer versus I'm an aeronautics engineer versus I'm a whatever, like, a mechanical engineer. Yeah. Their pay grades are vastly different. So it's important to kind of parse through, like, you know, what kind of money people are working with. Do you know the average income of all those different types of engineers (laughs) you just listed? I... 
Uh, so kind of. Like, <laughs> I know who makes more than others. Okay. So, so that's what's important to me in in a way. So, right. Um, yeah, and then I think that that, and then after that, it's just like, do you want to go for a dance? Sure. May I take you for a dance? May I like take to take you for. A dance. I always say, may I take you for a dance? Oh, that's or nice. may I take you? That's a nice one. <laughs> that's nice. I used to say, quieres bailar? Oh yeah, I say that with my bapis. <laughs> All the bapis get the quieres bailar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> quieres bailar con ti- conmigo. <laughs> it's so funny that you chose engineers because that used to always be my favorite answer from them when I'd say, "What do you do?" Because mm-hmm. they always engineers have money and they're more willing. They always seem more willing to spend it and to totally. part with it for yeah. some reason. Totally. Yeah. Lawyers may haggle you. It depends on the mm-hmm. kind of lawyer. Doctors, it's like, you know, it's going to be different if you're like a family physician versus like a surgeon of totally. some kind. Like yeah. surgeons are going to be coming in with the baller money. But just because somebody makes a certain amount of money doesn't necessarily mean that they're willing to spend it. Right. Totally. So, yeah. It's, it's, the engineers love to spend it. But it's it. good. It's good to kind of have a ballpark thing. Like if you find out that a guy's, you know, working in food service, maybe you're right. not going to don't spend as much time you know right and also i mean not that you should be spending more time than five minutes when regardless of whatever their income level is right you know make the sale as soon as you can because if you go too deep then you become too human and you ruin the fantasy like the point is you're cultivating this fantasy of yourself Mm -hmm. or of whatever identity you have right so it's your you know hyper femme super um what is the word? Charismatic version mm-hmm. of yourself. Yeah. And you don't want to go too deep into your family history. Don't talk about your kids. Oh God, no. Don't oh. talk about the problems of your day. Yeah. Never admit that you've been having a less than amazing day. Right. Like, yeah. unless it's a regular. Regulars, you know, the rules are different. You're yeah. going to roll how you're going to roll and you have a relationship. But with new people, those are my my ground my five. That's great. Those are some good sales sales tips in general. General <laughs> yeah. sales tips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and strippers are the best salespeople I've ever met. Oh, totally. I mean, yeah. we do it naked and oh yeah, with people who look down on us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> like there's such a social stratus, and we're kind of the lowest rung, but we have to perceive ourselves as the highest rung even among these people who are professionals in all levels, you know, all yeah. kinds of fields. Like we get NASA engineers coming in. 100%. And like, you know, you got to be like, I'm better than them. Well, they're and kind they of owe, they owe me for this yeah. experience. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, those are great. That's great tips. Thanks. I love that. Get ready for our rapid fire question round. It's time for four for one. How do you sleep at night? Soundly. What's your fake real name? Selena. <laughs> but that's your fake name. Like no. you're like if they're if you give them Selena, oh, do they say Alana? Okay, okay, good. I knew it. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna ask you that one. Uh, have you ever used a strap on? Yes. What's the dommiest thing you've ever done? Uh, twisted a guy's nipples and made fun of his little baby dick. <laughs> How often do you wash your work thongs? <laughs> uh, trick question, I work naked. Oh, that's good. My answer is once a week. And I work three nights. I used to work three nights. Like, is that gross or what? You rewear them? <laughs> Fuck yeah, I didn't care. Yeah, I switched them out a lot. It's not like I wore one pair all yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. They were like switching on oh, and off. Were- 
I mean, I like that you wore so many outfits. I was always like, yeah. when I worked at a clothing, a clothes club, I would wear the same thing all night because I was like, fuck it. I don't care enough to change. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I'd wear that outfit like once and then wash it. Yeah. Oh, once and what? Yeah. No, girl. I wash my <laughs> dance bag once a week. A good question is how often do I wash my garters? Okay. And the answer is whenever I remember to. <laughs> The garters are just the ones around your leg, right? Yeah, just around my like yeah. thigh. Well, that's not. They get smelly. Oh, do they? Yeah, totally. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so whenever I start smelling them, I'm like, oh, it's, it's time. time. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'll add that to the list for next time. Cool. All right, and tell everyone again how to find you on Instagram and your podcast. And all okay, that yeah. So my podcast is Ho in the Know, and it'll be in the bio. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Pretty Boy Girl. I have a Patreon account, and that has exclusive stories of um, things that I do at the club and outside of the club, my out calls and all of that. There's a lot more than you get on the gram. Really? And it's, yeah, so it's primo content. So yeah. y- you can uh, subscribe at the real pretty boy girl. So at sign the real pretty boy girl. Um, yeah. So please check that out. It costs as little as a dollar to subscribe. Wow. Yeah. Your writing is amazing, by Thank the you. way. <laughs> yeah. I'm like sucked in when I start reading your posts on Instagram. I'm like, what's going to happen next? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, did you read the pineapple juice one? No, but I'm going to. Okay. I, I saw one of your posts. They're so like, make sure you read the end of this story. Yeah, that's so, and the I'm one. I'm pretty sure that's the one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry we didn't touch on that more, but your writing is just fantastic. And a lot of that is based on your experiences inside the club, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I just love that. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for doing that because it's very entertaining. It's yeah. good. I also had a really great, like, I had a great comment from one of my friends at the club and she's, um, I think she's Ukrainian and she was like, oh, I love reading these stories. It's good for me to learn English. Oh, that's great. And I was like, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that she's a sex worker and she's like, you know, she's learning English and, by you know, feeling stories. like solidarity too by reading my stories. Amazing. Yeah. I love Very that. heartwarming. Well, thank you so much. I just, you're just so bright and intelligent and brilliant and I'm just so like excited to watch more of your journey as we because we're working together now and it's been so much fun like really working a lot more closely with you in the last few weeks so I really appreciate you doing this with me so thank you thank you for having me on this is so fun of course yeah I'd love to have you back sometime yeah have me back sometime definitely (laughs) definitely all right guys that's pretty much it thanks for watching our podcast today yes a stripper podcast tell all your friends to Tune in. Yay. Hey guys, I just want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Yes, a stripper podcast. You can also watch this podcast on YouTube at Yes, a stripper podcast. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Yes, a stripper pod. Yes, a stripper podcast is produced by Mackenzie Mazel, Shelly Snyder, and yours truly, A.M. Davies. Be sure to email any questions or comments to yes, a stripper podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow me personally, you can find me on Instagram at the queen of sexy. You can also check me out on my website, thequeenofsexy.com.